I came across a sermon this week by David Wilkerson. He's one of the men of God that I so appreciate. Whose walk with God, whose life with God, whose ministry for God was so powerful. I want to share some of his words with you this morning. In a sermon entitled, The Nearness of God, he wrote, I want to share with you two verses from Helen Spirell's translation of the original Hebrew text. Quote, when designing pursuers approached me, who were far from thy law, then thou, O Jehovah, was near with all thy faithful commandments. Embedded in this passage is a glorious truth that can change your life, bringing you peace and giving you rest beyond anything you have yet experienced. Once you understand the fact that God loves you and is continually near you, all fear and anxiety must go. In this text, the psalmist sees the wicked approaching him, coming ever closer in an attempt to ruin and destroy him. He is saying, vile, corrupt sinners are plotting and gaining on me. They're all around me and their power is mounting. They are bent on my total destruction. We all have such an enemy. It is the enemy of our souls, the devil. He always has one purpose in mind to destroy God's work and seduce and discourage God's people. Indeed, Satan uses all his power and craftiness to cut Christians off from the Lord's favor and presence. That is exactly what he's trying to do right now in your life, attempting to wipe out everyone who follows Jesus. They have said, come and let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may be remembered no more. Psalm 83 and verse 4. At times it appears the devil is on the verge of victory. Satan will not be satisfied until he sees the total ruin and downfall of every godly ministry, church, and true lover of Jesus. He never stops. He is always pursuing us with a design out of hell. Would you look at those words again? Over this last week, I've heard of ministry after ministry and pastor and people who have come under nothing less than a satanic attack to destroy the ministry, the church, or people who are endeavoring to follow the Lord with all of their hearts and without compromise. Satan will not be satisfied until he sees the total ruin and downfall of every godly ministry, church, and true lover of Jesus. He never stops. He is always pursuing us 
with a design out of hell. Satan stirred up Paul's enemies in Antioch, who railed against the apostle, stoning him and dragging him out of the city, thinking he was dead. God said no to the devil's plans in Antioch and delivered Paul. Before Paul's deliverance, can you imagine the multitude of demons looking on from the spirit world and laughing gleefully, counting the great preacher's last breath? Can you see Satan himself boasting, we have cut him down, raised him to the ground, ruined him. Paul and his preaching will soon be just a memory. We have destroyed the gospel. Paul has been brought down. How wrong Satan was. We read in Acts chapter 14 and verse 20. However, when the disciples gathered around Paul, he rose up and went into the city. And the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derby. Paul was raised up immediately and he marched right back into the city. He once testified, yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves. But this was so that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 9. If you love Jesus, you are a marked person in hell. And Satan will try to cut you to the ground. Take note of that verse. If you love Jesus, you are a marked person in hell, and Satan will try to cut you to the ground. So, do you want to avoid his attacks? Simply turn your back on Jesus. He will have no need to attack you. But if you love the Lord, he hates you just as he hates the Lord. You may be able to agree. I can feel those designing pursuers you're talking about, closing in on me. Satan has put me in a lion's den. This was David's condition. He testified, if the Lord had not been on our side when men rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us alive when their wrath was kindled against us. Psalm 124, verses 2 and 3. Think of the awful temptation and failure of David, a man after God's own heart. He was sorely tempted, fell into adultery, lied and murdered an innocent man. I'm sure that when the prophet Nathan exposed him, David might have been tempted to have Nathan executed, worsening his sin. Or Satan might have convinced David he was down for the count, expecting him to throw his hands and say, what's the use? I disgrace God. I sinned against the light, committing the very sins I preached against. God can never use me now. The psalmist voices the hope of those who repent of horrible sins. 
The Lord has chastened me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Psalm 118, verse 18. The psalmist said, in essence, I was tempted and tried, but God would not turn me over to Satan's power or to the death that I deserved. He delivered me. The temptations and trials sent upon us from hell are not unusual. Peter writes, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. Paul adds, No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. 1 Corinthians 10.13 There is nothing strange at all about what is happening to you. You may be discouraged because the enemy has come against you like a flood. The attack could come through lust covetousness, a financial crisis, or health scare, and you think, here I am trying to serve the Lord, doing my best to love him and be faithful to him, but things keep getting worse. Is there something wrong with me? Why do my problems keep piling up? I urge you to look around at others on your right, on your left, in front of you, behind you. Everyone is going through something. Behind the smiles of your dear brothers and sisters in Christ are many tears. They are hurting with trials you know nothing about. No, you are not alone in your suffering. And your trial is not some strange, unusual circumstance. What you are going through is common to multitudes. Now let me give you some glorious news. The devil is not as eager to destroy you as God is to deliver you. God is more prepared to keep his promises to you than the devil is to ruin you. Indeed, the nearer the enemy comes to you, the Lord is all the nearer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When designing pursuers approached me, who were far from thy law, then thou, O Jehovah, wast near with all thy faithful commandments. The psalmist said, in short, Lord, if my enemies are approaching to destroy me, you are near to me in my time of need. God is saying that he is especially near to the downcast and brokenhearted, in order to defend them. Psalm 34 and verse 18 said, The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart, and save such as have a contrite spirit. Are you a child of God? Does the Lord Jesus live in you? God says he is near to you in your anguish. Here is his promise to you. Isaiah 43, 
verses 1 through 5. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. Nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Listen to what the Lord says. Since you were precious in my sight, you have been honored, and I have loved you. Therefore, I will give men for you and people for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. The psalmist Asaph testified of the Lord, You hold me by my right hand. He was saying, God is not only near me, but is walking with me, hand in hand, through this whole mess. Let my enemies come after me. I've got my hand in the Father's. Moreover, Asaph said that God gave him counsel and direction. You will guide me with your counsel. Psalm 73 and verse 24. Many dear Christians tell me of their incredible hardships, problems that keep piling up, discouragements continually coming at them. Humanly speaking, these all seem to be impossible situations. My heart goes out to every believer who experiences such trials. However, however, every Christian has to be convinced that they are precious and loved and that God is near. I need to be convinced of that truth. You need to be convinced of that truth. We need to remind one another of that truth. They are precious and loved and God is near. In fact, the nearer the enemy comes, the more faithful God is to reveal his nearness, and the more tightly he holds his precious child's hand. Hallelujah. If you can believe that God is near to you, you must believe that he will act for you. God's honor is at stake when we pray to him, and he won't be mocked for not answering. The Bible says of him, he will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Psalm 121, verses 3 and 4. Our God is awake to our needs at all times, and he is attentive to every pain and hurt. This is what God promises you. If you will practice drawing near to him all day long, let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Let those also who hate him flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. 
as wax melts before the fire, so let the wicked perish at the presence of God. But let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Yes, let them rejoice exceedingly. Sing to God. Sing praises to his name. Extol him who rides on the clouds by his name, Yah, and rejoice before him. Talk to the Lord. Look for his nearness, and he will do all these things for you. He will scatter your enemies and drive away all demonic pursuers. You will know the blessed grip of his hand at all times. Hallelujah. Isn't that a wonderful word from the Lord? This was handed to me at a time this week when I had watched a church consultation video. And it was entitled, Why, Why Millennials Are Not Watching Your Online Services. And when I finished watching that video, I felt... I have done everything wrong for 16 months. And I can't redo it. Everything that we have done and the way that we have done our services and our ministry was X'd out. Crossed out with a red line as I read that video. I talked to another pastor who is part of the executive board of the Potomac District of the Assemblies of God. And he said, I needed to stop listening to those podcasts because it made me feel utterly hopeless. I know a lot of pastors who feel hopeless at this point. I know a lot of people who struggle with depression. I know a lot of people who are going through difficult times. I know churches whose future appears to be very uncertain. But our God is faithful. And the Holy Spirit reminded me hours into that depression that I was feeling this week. Remember, I told you to pray, and no one would die, and no one died. God has been faithful. God has held our hand. God has kept us. And God will continue to be faithful to us. I received a text from Charity a few minutes ago. Good morning, Pastor Don. This week's treatment went well without any complication. That was one thing that we prayed about. A specific request that she gave us for Chiamaka. Pray that the chemotherapy will be without complication. You know what? 
when someone goes through chemotherapy, if there is no complication, it is God. It is impossible to undergo the effects of chemotherapy without experiencing complication unless God sovereignly and by his divine power intervenes. I shared with you what George's cousin said to me about Gloria and the effects that she experienced from chemotherapy. He said, I would not want to see anyone go through this after what I've seen my wife experience. God's been faithful. Charity went on to say, we have been discharged and are currently en route to the house. Listen, she is very okay. She is very okay. As our God is a prayer answering God. Thanks to everyone, we serve a faithful God. Hallelujah. So let's look to our Lord in prayer this morning. Let's commit this month to him. Our hearts, our needs, our burdens, our anxieties, our fears, our uncertainties. God is near his people. His promise is, I will never leave you or forsake you. Amen. Amen.